Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. We've done a number of shows in this program with people who had brain cancer and were told they didn't have long to live. But they're still alive today because of the wonders of cannabis oil. We have another one of those stories for you today. This is the story of a 17-year-old teenage girl with astrocytoma brain cancer, which was and she was told that she had a year to live. Astrocytomas are the most common brain tumor and can occur in most parts of the brain and occasionally in the spinal cord. Here to tell the story of her daughter's brain cancer is Lisa Hawkins of California. Lisa, thanks very much for doing this. Thank you for inviting me. A year ago, September 2016, you were told your daughter only had a year to live. How is she doing today? Healthy. Striving, full of energy, being a total 18-year-old now. She turned 18 in April of this year. So she's got a boyfriend and having a good old time. And she's and, causing uh, you other sorts of problems, right? Actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> she's being a normal 18-year-old that I'm not ready for. <laughs> but especially with cancer. You know? but she is cancer-free at this moment. She's, she's cancer-free. Cancer since about January. Now, take us back to before the diagnosis. What were some of the symptoms your daughter was experiencing that had you concerned about her health? She would wake up, and what's weird is it would be Mondays. Mondays and Tuesdays, she'd wake up in the morning, vomiting, diarrhea, and headaches. And one of my coworkers had made a comment, well, do you think she's partying? Because it's always a kind of Monday, you know, that kind of comment. And I was like, no, no. My daughter comes to me, she's going to drink or something from now. I don't know that that's what's going on. It happened like three months in a row. Like it just kept happening every Monday or Tuesday, diarrhea, headaches. So we would go to rush her to the emergency room and they would only check her intestines, um, her stomach area. That's what they always focused on. And then the last episode was in September. She had no diarrhea. And it was her second episode with no diarrhea. And we got a totally different doctor. We got a woman. And she had asked, has anybody checked her head? You know, like, did an MRI or anything? And I was like, no. But they got her in that Friday, and she went in for an MRI, and we were there for over two hours. And I'm like, where's my kid? You know, what are you doing? And the next thing I know, they're like, well, we're going to go over to the emergency room and talk to the doctor. And I thought that was very odd and strange. And when we got there, they said, uh, your daughter has a brain tumor in her front right lobe. They said it was about 7 millimeters, and like the size of a racquetball, I guess, or something like that, that she had to be ambulanced to the nearest neurosurgeon. And she was put in ICU. And I'm like, we just went, she just had school that day, you know, we just had a fun day, and then now she's being put in ICU, and she's got a brain tumor, and 
they weren't sure if it was cancer, though, until they removed it. So they had to remove it. At first, they said it was benign. And then about 10 days later, they came back and said, oh, we're wrong, it's cancer. Wow. So that was kind of crazy, you know, because we were all excited that it was benign. She went back to school and everything. They, like, get you out of the hospital really quick. For a child to have brain surgery and seizure, she had two seizures during the surgery, so they had to keep her in a two-day coma. But when she woke up from the coma, she was out of the hospital within three to four days. And they had her back in school within two weeks. They pushed her really good. Like, it was crazy. Do you remember how you reacted when... I laughed at that doctor. When he said, your daughter has a brain tumor, I said, yeah, right. (laughs) We all kind of laughed. Right, yeah, uh uh-huh. Seriously? he got really mad. (laughs) He got mad at me, and then I said, well, you're going to remove it. We're going to take care of my daughter. And he goes, no, I'm not. And then that's when we all cried. (laughs) We all cried then, yeah. Because he wasn't a child neurologist. He was just an adult neurologist, so that's why he said, no, I'm not. You know, she has to be sent up to Roseville and to a specialist, a pediatric specialist. But he did an amazing job, and I give him a lot of respect because it was so close to a lot of her brain that he didn't want to go deep and get too close to her brain because they felt it was not cancer. So she ended up having to have another brain surgery because he left some in there because he just didn't want to touch her brain. The second surgery was in November, wait, October, October 10th. Because her first brain surgery was September 1st. So September 1st, she had her first surgery, and October 10th of... She had her second. Oh, her second, of that's last year, 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back-to-back pretty much, like... <laughs> How did she handle both surgeries, Lisa? You know, the first surgery, she did really good, even though that she had the seizures and stuff like that. It was the second surgery that was a little bit harder on her, and she even said... The second surgery was a lot difficult for her because she lost the left side um, movement for a little while. Like it took a like a day for it to all kind of start coming back. Like she couldn't move her left leg, her left arm. Um, she just fell off. She couldn't stand up for a couple of days, which upsets me because that's part of the brain surgery because my daughter has cancer, but she also has a brain injury. And when people have brain injuries, there's another step that they're supposed to be followed. She should have been in physical therapy, speech therapy, uh, mental therapy, all this, and they didn't do none of it. None of it. They just focused on, oh, radiation's next, radiation's next. What went through your mind when they came back and told you after 10 days that they had made an error and this was indeed brain cancer? I was upset, and I didn't trust them anymore after that. And I started doing my own research and learning more about it. And I actually pissed off a lot of doctors because they would go, oh, somebody's been doing their homework. Uh, Yeah, that's my child's life you got right there. Yeah, I'm going to do a lot of homework. But I did a lot of homework on cancer and cannabis and radiation when I really should have also been doing a lot of um, research on brain injury. So we can't forget about brain injury. That's a big one, too. What sort of treatment options were offered you? Only radiation. They said that they had tested everything on her already because they took samples. We had to sign a release to Stanford for her 
um, tissue, for her um, tumor to be sent down to Stanford, have them test it, and then see what would be the best treatment. And the only treatment that came back would be radiation. And that was only like a 70% chance of helping her, which was a... All right, 70%, but that's not very good, and all the side effects were horrible. And they just, like, she's going to need cataract surgery, but it's no big deal. We can do that. Uh, she's going to lose this and that, but it's okay because we'll later on fix that. Mm. It was like, it didn't matter if her skin was going to burn and she's going to lose her eyesight and all this because they have ways of fixing that. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's exactly how they treated it. So what did you do next? I got into therapy. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I did, though. But um, and here's what, I saved the therapy because I have a story about that. My psychiatrist told me that my daughter's type of cancer should never have radiation because it would cause new cancers and new, um, new things onto the brain, like little tags onto the brain. And um, I was in awe because it was still new. I went to them and I was like, my daughter shouldn't even have radiation. And they're like, well, it's Western medicine and it's the best we can do. So that's what we do is Western medicine. Mm. And I'm like, but you're causing more problems for my daughter. Well, we can never say if she died from cancer or the radiation until she's dead. Until she's what? Dead. Wow. Dead. Yeah, that's not very... No, that's not okay. So I started, uh, actually, Maricela came to me and told me she wanted to do um, Charlotte's Web. And I never heard of Charlotte's Web, and I didn't know what it was. And then she said, um, Mom, I heard that it helps people with cancer, and, and then, you know, I might not have to do radiation. I can do this. And I said, well, I will look into it. Let's just do what they want right now. I will look into it and see what's going on. So I started researching it. And um, I went and got myself a card because I knew that I would have to go purchase the stuff to give to her. So I got a card. I went and started talking to all the cannabis people and stuff and telling them what was going on. And they suggested to give her CBD, especially if she's going to do radiation because the radiation was going to harm her so badly that she needed the CBDs to come in and kind of help heal her. So I started doing sprays under her tongue with the CBD oil. Um, three days before radiation, I had gotten it because I had done so much research that, oh, my Lord, <laughs> almost 90% of the cannabis people that with cancer are living and living long, healthy lives. And then you go over here to Western medicine and you've got 12% maybe living and only maybe three or four years at the most. I was like in awe, just in awe. Who could go Western medicine after seeing the wonderful side of cannabis and what it's doing for so many people. I had no idea. You know, I was just in awe. So, yeah, I bought the I bought the Charlotte's Web, the CBD for my daughter, and I started it. And then the more I researched it and seen... So my daughter had eight treatments of radiation, and we stopped it because the lights went out in my daughter's eye. When my daughter came out of her room and said, where's the bathroom? Where am I? I was like... Mm. We're done with radiation. In my heart and my head, I was like, we are done with radiation. And then 
she literally said, I'm never going back there. And I thought, hallelujah. I will we'll get you your RSO, Richardson Foods Oil, and your CBDs, and we'll do this. <laughs> so when you say Richardson Oil, just for listeners who might not know, you're yes. referring to high THC. Yes. Um, my daughter took um, a gram of THC and a gram of CBD every day. Every day. Yeah. And we separated it because if you take a gram of THC, you're not getting that for a couple of days. <laughs> no. You know, if you take it all at one time, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. So you divided so it up. I divided it up throughout the day, giving her her last two dosages at night so she'd sleep longer and have a good sleep, but she could still get up in the morning. We did do homeschooling. She couldn't handle... Um, she got lost at school a couple of times, and um, so she she chose not to go back to school. And the, the school was wonderful; they were amazing. They did so many wonderful things for her, and never ever looked down on her or anything. And always checked in on her. She had a teacher come to our house all the time, and um, she graduated. Wow, good <laughs> she got for to her. walk the line and everything, and her smile is so beautiful and. You know, I mean, I, I know I lost my daughter, my old daughter, but I do have a new daughter, and that smile was just so amazing, and I'm so proud of her that she graduated, because she, she worked so hard prior to graduation that she only needed three classes senior year. It was a blessing that she worked so hard, because only needing three classes for your senior year is nothing, you know, so she didn't have to stress so hard of oh, my God, am I going to graduate? Because she didn't need as much like everybody else did. Lisa, did you start Maricella off with the, um, the gram a day, or did you work up to that? Well, we worked up to it until I found out that that's what the protocol was. I did a lot of research on all the cannabis sides, and I talked to a lot of the cannabis owners and stuff, and they all said that it's, it's a gram a day, so... That's what I went for. And when did you first get the all clear? January. Well, May, really. In January, they said that she had a five millimeter grow back on the surgery side. And we argued it because it only showed up in this one spot, and it was weird, and it didn't look like a grow back. It looked like something that was left on there. So that was in January. So when they did her other one in May, it was gone. There was nothing there anymore. And we're like, well, where did it go then? Where's this five millimeter grow back that you're talking about? So to me, she was clear since January. But in May, on the other side of her brain, a, a tiny spot showed that's so small that they can't biopsy it, they can't do nothing to it, they just have to look at it. And the one doctor that we got rid of says, oh, she needs radiation immediately. And then... And lost this spot on the other side of her brain. Oh, yes, she needs to do radiation. Now, here's another funny. Her father is totally against cannabis. <laughs> so I had to fight with her father a lot, and the father was always on the doctor's side, you know, like, are you ready to give up and say that your way's not working and she needs radiation? I'm like, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. So now I won. We won because we're right. What's his opinion like now? You know, I haven't talked to him. We're not on good terms, unfortunately. You know, um, a man who 
asked for a doctor's note for a week off because his daughter had brain surgery and then only spends a maximum of two hours a day with his child, I think is a slime bag. Okay, well, we won't get into that. (laughs) (laughs) So, essentially, so your daughter's diagnosed with stage three astrocytoma in September, and by May of the following year, she's clear. Yep. Awesome. And she was. And and we even got that clear from Stanford. So we got it from Kaiser, and we got it from Stanford. It's been cleared two times. You know what I mean? Yes. They all looked at it. Lisa, has your daughter experienced any negative health effects from the eight treatments of radiation? Yes. She is very angry, very forgetful. Um, it took her sweetness away. You know, she's just a very angry person now. Like, it took, it's fried her brain, is how I feel. It. it just really did a lot of damage. I just wish I would have never done it at all. I wish I would have. Yeah, you know, Lisa, um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Cash D. Hyde, the Cash Hyde story, a little boy who passed away from a a brain tumor. That was once they pulled the uh, medical marijuana out of uh, medulla. Um, Anyway, the mother uh, was saying Cash had tons of uh, chemo and then he had radiation. And she, she, she said to me at one point, as horrible as the chemotherapy was, it was the radiation that did him in. And she said he was never the same after he had radiation. Very true. Yeah. yeah. I talked to a UC Davis doctor, and, um, an oncology surgeon, and he said if she would have went through what they wanted her to do, the six weeks of radiation, five days a week, he said she would have came out with an IQ of 36. 36? Yeah. That is frightening. Thank goodness you stopped. And, and you know, and, and, I, and we really think that Kaiser didn't do what they were going to, you know, or didn't do all the things they should have done, because in their minds, she's gone in a year, we don't have to worry about this. Especially if we put her in radiation, we know she's gone in a year. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly how I felt. That's exactly how I felt they felt. Because now we're here, now we're in their faces, and, you know, we've changed doctors. Because they told her, oh, we can't send you to Stanford. Oh, you can't do this because you've done cannabis. That's bullshit. We, we've got new doctors within Kaiser, and they totally sent us to Stanford. She was seeing there and everything, and they know she does cannabis. They're surprised, you know. You know, they want to be optimistic, too, and, but they're going to follow her and stuff like that. So it's a positive thing. I would love... No child in this world to ever have to go through chemotherapy or radiation. I would just really love for our parents to just get on board and at least try and do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had to try all along, too, because, you know, I knocked her out a couple of times. She, I gave her too much THC, and she was really sleepy. <laughs> but, you know, it's natural. It wears off. It's fine. But it works. It did amazing. I, I'm so proud. I'm, I'm so proud. And I'm, I'm proud of myself for listening to my daughter. <laughs> Instead of being closed-minded, you know, like other people are. 
How did your daughter Mar- Maricella discover Maricella? Maricella. Yeah. I want to do the CH sound too. <laughs> yeah, Maricella. Sella. Okay. Pardon me. How did Maricella discover the use of cannabis oil? Oh, her boyfriend. Her boyfriend. Okay, so her boyfriend's aunt had cancer, and they used cannabis. So he had told her about it. Oh, so there are good aspects to the boyfriend. Her boyfriend's awesome. Okay. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I have nothing bad to say about boyfriend. Not at all. No, he he was more, more than her own father. So yeah, he's a great guy. Oh, that's, well, that's good. Now, does she continue to take cannabis as a maintenance dose? Yes. Mm-hmm. She's still doing the whole gram a day. I don't know if she's backed off on the THC, because she did tell me that, you know, she would like to back off the THC and just keep doing the CBDs, because they make her head feel better. She also did creams. I want everybody to know that the CBG creams are amazing, because where she had her stitches, because they zigzagged um, from ear to ear. My daughter has a zigzag scar from ear to ear, and they just, like, did the zigzag, so when the hair grows back, it's not a line. It kind of all blends in. The doctor did amazing. He didn't even shave her head. He was awesome. She used the, the, the CBD creams on her headaches and on that scar, and she said it helped her so much better. Is she getting headaches as a result of what she's gone through? I think the headaches are mostly from what the radiation did. I also think it was also part of the surgery, you know, because she said she could hear flushing around in there. There's a big hole in my daughter's head. I would be more than happy to send you guys photos. It's just, you can't believe she's walking and talking. When you look at the pictures, you're like, oh my God, are you serious? This person's alive? This much of her brain is gone? Like, wow. It's just in awe. And another thing that's in awe is that the hospital has had my daughter's life her whole entire life. And for it to be this far and then not to find out is very disappointing. When you say there's a hole in her head, are you referring to a hole in her brain? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so that obviously has an impact on her behavior and could be a contributing factor to some of the anger issues she has? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what they're telling me. You know, the outbursts, the punching, like, you know, you can't control your compulsions and stuff like that. Yeah, she doesn't drive. Her boyfriend drives her everywhere. She doesn't have a patience. Her temper goes too quick. Lisa, where do you think your daughter would be today if you undertook conventional treatment and didn't do the cannabis oil? A vegetable from dead. She'd be dead. At least a vegetable. I, I would totally believe she'd be a vegetable in bed and she wouldn't have graduated. I believe she'd have been a vegetable in bed, wouldn't have had a Christmas, and I'd be so stressed out. <laughs> I'd be beside myself. But, you know, she's here. I'm so, I'm just so grateful. And I want other people to be optimistic and open-minded and let their children try and see the difference and, and not go with Western medicine. What's funny is Western medicine does use cannabis. Um, Delta 9 is one of them. There's another one that they have. And they use it as to, they use it today. And it's marijuana. 
Well, Western medicine is primarily the sale of pharmaceutical medications and various chemicals, along with mm-hmm. along with radiation. That's what Western medicine is. Western medicine is about money. It's not about yep. making people healthy. No, I understand that because half of the medication that my daughter got was given. We didn't pay for it. We didn't pay for all that cannabis oils and stuff. A lot of growers donated, and two growers actually have um, two plants in my daughter's name, and they said those two plants will be hers for the rest of her life. Oh, isn't that nice? It's amazing. That's great. That is amazing because the Rick Simpson oil is so expensive. (laughs) It's all kind of expensive, you know. I go for the lab tested. I always get lab tested stuff. I never give her anything that hasn't been lab tested. It costs a little extra, but but even the the farmers who have have given her the plant, we even get that plant tested because sometimes um, bugs like to come in. But so far, so good. Everything has been really good. Now, how have you handled all of this? Therapy. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I've been in group. I've been in grief. Therapy. I never thought I was grieving, but I did lose my daughter, the one that I had for 17 years, and I have a new daughter, so it's a grief process that you go through. Depression, you know, when your daughter is side by side with, like, best friends and everything, and then she goes to radiation, and then now she's punching walls, screaming, cussing me out, um telling me, don't even look at me, you know, <laughs> just like, like Satan took over her, you know, that's the best way I can explain it, but then when she takes her, her cannabis, oh my lord, she's sweet, happy, nice, when it wears off, you can kind of tell, because she'll get agitated and stuff, but as long as she's taking the cannabis, she's really happy. Well, the interesting thing about this, Lisa, is that your daughter was only 17 when this happened, and she's 18 years old now, and the brain is malleable. It, uh, it, it grows. I mean, she's still growing. Apparently you, apparently, you don't age until you hit the age of 27, and then you start to go downhill. So, so <laughs> as uh, Corey and I don't know that yet. No, <laughs> no. I'm thinking, shoot, if that's where you start, where am I now? <laughs> <That's correct. laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> so, you know, her her brain could start to develop, and uh, that hole that you talk about, maybe, I'm not in the medical community, so I'm just guessing now, maybe that can repair itself somehow. Um, I'm not quite sure it can, to be honest. Come on, Lisa, be optimistic now. Optimistic. <laughs> Actually, there's studies showing that uh, cannabis regenerates brain cells. This is very true. I so, that, you know, you yeah. we'll never know. But you know what? You have a good point there because it did move over quite a bit. The hole did get a lot smaller from where they removed all the stuff from. Yeah, and she's doing all the right things by continuing to take the cannabis oil. Mm-hmm. So uh, you've got uh, you've got a good daughter there. That uh, her anger issues weren't your fault; it's the fault of uh, Western medicine. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. So don't beat yourself up. No, I'm just going to try to save other kids. That's what good I want to do. That's why I'm so 
I'm so blessed that you contacted me. I, you have no idea what it means to me. Because when she left the house, you know, to be an adult, it just broke my heart because I'm like, wait, I want to still help children. How am I going to help children now if she's gone? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, my Lord. But you just opened a piece in my heart by contacting me big time. How has your other child uh, responded to all this? Abby, she was really scared. We had her tested. We had an MRI of her brain because it is genetic, apparently. You can't have it in the genes. It can run in the family, apparently. So we had her tested so she would be at peace, not because she was having headaches, too. <laughs> and that's another thing. My daughter had headaches so much that I'd always say, you're not drinking enough water. Drink some water. You're dehydrated. I did that so much to her that I kicked myself on the butt sometimes because she was having headaches because this thing was pushing on her head, getting bigger and bigger. That's why she was having all these headaches. So when my 11-year-old, you know, was having headaches and stuff, and this was all happening, I said, you want to get tested? I will let you get tested, and then that way we'll all be at a peace. And she said, really? And I said, yeah, we'll do it. So we did it. The doctor didn't even question me because I told him, I was like, um, I need an MRI for her, for her brain. We want to make sure she doesn't have any tumors. And he kind of looked at me, and I said, let me tell you the story. And I told him about my daughter, and he goes, I will sign that with not even thinking twice about it. <laughs> you know. And so she's cleared. You know, she's so excited because she has the house to herself now. See, she's the only child in the house right now, so she's pretty happy. <laughs> <laughs> and how, how old is Abby? She's 11. And I also have a 25-year-old daughter. Yeah. All my girls are seven years apart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it just happened that way. <laughs> and I'm a grandmother of two. So I have a four-year-old grandson and a almost three-month-old grandbaby girl. Lisa, yeah. it was a very interesting story. It's good that Marcella... Did I say that right? Maricela. Maricela, yeah, there you go. Maricela. I'll get that right yet. It's a good thing that Maricela is healthy, recovering, and uh, she's going to she's going to live uh, beyond your years. Yes, absolutely. Um, she's already lasted their year, so ha, I'm in. Anything you want to tell us as we wrap this up, Lisa? Just, I hope people keep an open mind and, and keep going for cannabis and don't go Western medicine and stand up to the doctors. You got to stand up to the doctors. You got to be the advocate for yourself and your child because they will push you around and they don't care because that doctor yelled at me. Are you ready to admit? Are you ready to admit your ways wrong? No, I'm not. So stand up to them. Don't let them push you around and, um, Research, a lot of research, because if you have research and you attack them with it, oh, they don't know what to do. <laughs> have you gone back to that doctor and said, are you ready to admit your ways are wrong? I want to so bad. My friend Paul, you should just do it. And I'm like, well, she's a pediatrician on oncology, so how am I going to get in there? Because my daughter's not seeing her anymore, and she's 18. You know, what do I do? Ask for in the waiting room? I don't know. I kind of want to. I really do. I haven't confronted my ex-husband yet because I wanted to say, hey, did Maricela tell you her other MRI came back clear again? So she's still been clear since January of no cancer? Middle bird. (laughs) 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 You know? Doubting me. He turned 
me in. He turned me into the county. He was very against the cannabis. So, yeah, I say Middlebird because I saved our daughter's lives. I have text messages of him saying, you're killing our daughter. How could you do this to her? No, dude, you would have killed our daughter. <laughs> I saved our daughter. Well, Lisa, we won't give you the middle bird. We'll give you a big hug. <laughs> oh, I love hugs. No, okay. I love hugs. And high fives, too. High fives high and fives. hugs. You got it. Absolutely. There you go. I don't do little birds too much, but when people are, like, mean and cold-minded like that, sometimes they need it. <laughs> Lisa, fabulous to hear your story. Thank you very much. Oh, you're so welcome, and thank you again. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. And there you go, another success story on Cannabis Health Radio. Remember, you can make a donation to Cannabis Health Radio by going to our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and you can make a monthly donation or a one-time donation. Wherever you are in the world, thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to PodConnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season 1 of Dope History is now available at DopeHistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.